This episode is brought to you by Mountain House Food Kits. We trace our roots to meals we made for U.S. Special Forces nearly 50 years ago. From the bottom of the ocean to the peak of Everest, we've fueled expeditions in every climate and situation. Add in our taste guarantee, and you can trust Mountain House to taste delicious no matter what. They're sponsoring this episode, but uh, I've been using their products for the past like six years, maybe even longer. I summoned Mount Whitney one year, and uh, I remember getting to the top, limited oxygen. Uh, I could barely move. I had to rest every like 30 feet. You know, shit hit the fan. I was, I thought I was, I thought I saw Guy Fury. It wasn't Guy Fury. I don't know who it was. But I know when I got back to base camp, that was the thing that got me through that hike up and downs, knowing that I had a pouch of chili mac to eat from Mountain House. And let me tell you, it was good. Well, Joe was just a boy outside. Well, he got lost in his diamond bag. He didn't freak out like you think. No, that little boy started to sing. There were voices everywhere. There were voices everywhere. There were voices everywhere. There were voices everywhere. I'm Joe Salinas, and welcome to Voices Everywhere. So my next guest is Murph from Dinosaur Jr. Um, I know most of my friends have probably heard of that band. Um, some, maybe some people might not have, which is would be kind of weird uh, for me to understand that. Uh, when I was a, uh, a kid, I used to stay up late and uh, on Sunday nights and watch 120 minutes and uh, would hope for that that music video uh the wagon to come on it was a claymation st- uh, stop animation video and it was amazing and i had only seen part of it and then uh for like a year i think maybe not a year maybe six months or something i don't know such a long time ago i would stay up and wait for that video to come up so i can record it i heard dinosaur jr on a couple of skate videos one being speed freaks the other one being uh gns footage and uh i waited the next summer after seeing GNS footage, Green Mind came out and I bought the cassette tape at the mall on my way to Astroworld and uh, we put it in the in the tape deck and and the wagon came on and uh, that was all she wrote. And uh, But I had heard them before that on college radio and also if I got reception for that, but also a friend of mine had the Bug LP. But I've been a uh, Dinosaur Jr. Uh, fan since I can remember just being a teenager, a kid um early teens all the way up until now and i get to uh i get to roll with them and uh film their live sets and i uh, do some some of the music videos for jamascus and uh i just recently had a uh, shot some stuff um at jay's place with uh kurt vile and and the band and um with uh lou and and uh murph and uh john maloney was there he's the tour manager uh John's a badass and um, got to hang out in Amherst, Northampton, and all of those little pocket places of Western Mass and uh, eat a lot of Duncan. And uh, I had a badass time and I uh, got a lot of good footage. I sat in the kitchen and talked to Murph while he was where he is in Western Mass and uh, we shot the shit. 
amidst all of this uh, coronavirus quarantine stuff. And uh, who knows what's going to happen, but at least we got to catch up. We, uh, we talked a little bit about Black Flag, Henry Rollins, some Dinosaur Jr. stuff. I'm very grateful and honored to have him on the podcast. And uh, here's my conversation with Murph. Enjoy. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's being recorded. Yes, I'm recording it now. Oh my god, just, just nice. Wow. Wow, what a crazy. I know. Can you imagine if we were like locked in a building that had all these like uh security codes and, and like doors and like things that we had to get through? Do you think we'd make it? It could have been like one of those movies where it's like counting down and we have like, you know, 30 seconds to try to figure out all these codes and all these numbers that we just did in, in a half an hour. Yeah. I, I think we just wouldn't make it. No, <laughs> <laughs> we'd be doomed. Man. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. We'd be stuck That's at the so green funny. bean for the rest of our life. <laughs> well, it could be worse. Yeah. Actually green beans, pretty awesome food to be honest yeah like, I, I look forward to going i gotta make it. dude when you made those little breakfast uh oh those tacos tacos or whatever i, I was like making breakfast because i can only you know during this whole pandemic i've i've gone from you know being a guy that's on tour and eating out his whole life to cooking all my meals at home and it's cool but i can only cook like three different things like i make good omelets i can uh -huh. make good french toast and I, ma I make really good stir fries but that's like all i eat so i just kind of revolve that food around and in the morning you're... i was thinking of going to cook you know what you had oh i'll really send good. you i'll send you send you the ingredients so you can go to uh what, what's is it stop and shop or star market that's there that you go to or do you go to whole foods or uh, we got Stop and Shop Whole Foods and then this little place, River Valley, that I really like. I would oh, go cool. there. It's like it's like Whole Foods when Whole Foods used to be um, Bread and Circus and was smaller. That's kind of what River Valley is. Yeah. Sorry. You hear that, that noise? It's, so I, it, I live literally by a little river. And right now it's like Whitewater Rapids because it's been raining. <laughs> and I'm out. I am like a little, uh, not a porch. It's just like a step thing some steps going into my house and I'm literally like a stuff like I'm like 10 feet 12 feet from the river so it's, oh this my is God. like what I hear in my bedroom every night <laughs> wow that's got to be nice to go to sleep to though um it's I don't, I don't know it's weird it kind of I thought so but it actually kind of keeps me up more like it makes me kind of like want to go out and check especially if there's like a full moon I get like oh what's out there yeah Oh yeah, yeah, critters uh, roaming around out there because it's it's country out there. Yeah, it sounds I mean, like you're on the top of a mountain, like a wind. Yeah, cold and like a peppermint patty. Yeah, <laughs> cold yeah. and windy mountain. Yeah, Murph on top of Mount Washington. <laughs> That's right. Soon I'll get there. Uh, have you have you hiked that one? No, we have some local mountains like Monadnock and some others that are close by. That no, I just do local hikes right now. I'm kind of working up to that. That's like a, you know, a half or full day venture. Yeah, that it takes a while. There's a, 
I think it's in New Hampshire. It's uh, Mount Washington. And it's supposedly got yep, the, that's the a big windiest. One. Yeah, it's like super windy at the top. It holds a record for like the top of a summit uh, wind. And I, I think it's like always windy. Like no matter when you go, yeah. there's always just like gale force winds. Oh, yeah. When you go to the top. Yeah. It's a, it's, New Hampshire is really pretty. It is. And you know what's weird is, you know, everyone thinks New England is all so close, but as soon as you step in, like, cross the border, literally, like, the landscape just starts changing. So Vermont looks a little different. You know, when you go into New Hampshire, it's that whole granite thing. You just start seeing more rock and granite. Yep. Maine, same thing. It gets, you know, like, there are parts of Maine that have trees where it looks like you, you feel like you're in Oregon or something. Oh, it's yeah. Totally different. Yeah, I like all three of those states. I got a I got a chance to go check all that stuff out, um, and uh, do some do some mountain hikes and go out to the national park in Maine and stuff. I'll tell you what, man, those yeah. mountain, those mountains in New Hampshire and Vermont aren't aren't a joke. Those are pretty strenuous hikes and uh, can be pretty um, pretty daredevilly. You know, like there's been a couple of moments where like I've I've been like, uh shit, man, I might not have probably <laughs> done this, you know. Um Yeah. But uh made it out and uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome, man. Um so how are well, you that's uh, why I said I'm working up to it. I'm working up to it. Yeah. So next time I go, we'll go hike. We'll go do one. You'll probably kick yeah. my ass. Yeah, that that'll be awesome. No we keep way. talking about it. Um, no, because you're always out there anyway, doing crazy stuff, going bahang and all over the map. So <laughs> you got to well, leg up on me. Well, I don't know. This past month, it, it only takes a couple of weeks for me to just turn into, you know, couch potato. Where it'll be hard for me to get back into that. It'll take a little while to get back into that that world. But uh, we need. To yeah, I mean, I try to do a good walk. I've been been walking with my buddies like we do it like a good five miles and i try to do it every other day pretty consistently but it's been rainy here a lot so it's kind of hard to get out is it still snowing up there no not really that's good now it's starting to get into the 50s 60 like today was actually even 60 i think wow that's pretty good for there yeah I was there cool. the last time, and it was I was falls off, man. It was snow and wet and icy and and just uh and miserable. I know we had that crazy snowstorm, man. When I had a couple <laughs> times, it was like really like crazy. Yeah, I remember. I'm definitely getting older. I'm definitely getting older, Joe, because I'm like burnt on winter. Like I'm, I know I'm getting old because I just keep thinking like the beach, Florida, like warm, clear water. I'm just like, ah, oh, that sounds really good. <laughs> yeah, it is good. It is good. Especially that's, I guess that's why people swap out and they go in the wintertime, they, they head down if they got a place to go to down South. And then in the, in the summer they go up like up there to, you know, New England area, uh, Cape Cod, Western Mass, Maine, well, all that stuff. Well, that's kind of my ultimate dream would be to live somewhere you know, and then come back just for winter, like do Christmas skiing, like do a good month or something and mm. do the snow, do it all. And then go back to like, you know, my, my warmer place by the beach. And then I could say, yeah, I did winter. That was fun for a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit, man. That's a, uh, it, I, I, um, I was talking to Justin about this the other day because I interviewed him on the podcast and, uh, he, 
I was like, yeah, now I have more of an understanding of like why people are in, in bad moods because you literally, you know, down here, you start your day, it's nice and sunny. Um, even if it's wet and cold, it's still like, you don't have to do shit. You get in your car, you go to work or, you know, do go by yeah. your day over there. You've got to get your driveway plowed or do it yourself. Shovel the, the snow. You got to get all that stuff off your car. You got to get the kids ready. You got to feed the dog. Yeah. Got to make breakfast. This is all before you even you get drop yeah. them off at school. You know, you, then you have to right. go to work. And by that time, man, I mean, that's like normal living up there. And that I understand why uh, some people <laughs> call uh, Massachusetts people mass holes. You know, because uh, I'd be in a bad mood. That's right. I, I would be pissed off. Like if I had to start. I don't, man, bad. dude. I don't know how new. I don't know how New Yorkers do it. Like if you have a job where you gotta like ride the subway and buses and stuff and oh. you're just like it's just slushy and icy and snowy like uh, that would be brutal to me is dealing with that i just yeah like, oh, it sucks and then being in those cold subways and then you get in those train cars and like everybody's just like ir- irritated and grumpy you know yeah, they're wet. It's like wet from wet boots and stuff and dirty. But I mean, you know, it's like six and one half dozen of the other because it's either that or like the L.A. traffic. And it's like, I don't yeah. know which is worse. You know, they both are it just depends like what you're what you can deal with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a lot of fun, man. We did a lot of a lot of cool and fun things. Uh, we got to go to that comedy show. That was pretty cool over at the. Um, What's that place called? Uh, I can't think of the name of it again. What they, was the, the comedy show? We went and saw, we were on the list to go see uh, that actress. Comedian. Oh, Maria Bamford. Yeah. Maria and we caught Bamford. the last end of it. Um, that was, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. Um, she's in the dino video. Uh, she is. She's in that dino video, Pierce the Morning Rain, which is wild. And of course, like I didn't, you know, when they did the video, it was all like actors. So like, I didn't even meet her. I didn't see her. I didn't even really know. I kind of found out after the fact. Yeah. Because a lot of times videos are just kind of done. You know, the days of us showing up for a video, I mean, sometimes, but a lot of times they're just like, you know, they're just shot with people or Jay knows some people and you know, they might put in some cameo footage or something, but a lot of times they're like these like theme actor <laughs> videos, which is yeah. cool, but it's a little weird. You know, I'm still more of a fan of just kind of like the band jamming in the basement or whatever, you know, like the local footage. Those are still my favorite kind of videos. Yeah. Or just seeing like people kind of yeah. in their, in their element there well we did the skate video we did the roller derby you know there's the local yeah. roller derby people and they were it was hysterical to have you know shoot a video they had never you know done anything like that and they were so excited and it was so funny to have them like skating all around us and we're set up in the middle trying to like sink <laughs> to the track like we're flying and it was just like hilarious it was actually a lot of fun it was really oh, funny because i didn't even know there was this like I didn't even know here in this area there was this whole like roller derby society, this club. Like I didn't realize it was like this big thing here, and it was so you know it was so cool to like see that tap into that. Yeah, roller derbies are pretty awesome. I used yeah. to go to the ones here in Austin like almost twenty years ago. It's been a while since I've been, but I remember like my third year in Austin, uh, a buddy of mine 
took me to one and I was just blown away. I was like, that exists here in this town. And we started making it a regular thing. Um, and then I just kind of just got over it. They have like anarchy wrestling here in Austin where they actually have a full on ring. And, um, you know, it's crazy is you guys have been together, um, longer than the original time you guys first started because you're going on way longer like 15 years or or you're at 15 years it's a long time 2005 so yeah yeah, since 2005 that's god it's hard to believe that's really weird it's gone by quick because you guys are constantly gigging and on the road and doing it man it's weird just well as you get older too i think it's funny i notice when you're younger time moves really slowly and you're like, ah, and then as you get older, you're just like, wow, everything's just like flying by. I'm getting, you know, just, you quickly get to the end. (laughs) Oh God. Don't say that. (laughs) Especially now, um, with this quarantine lockdown kind of stuff, um, semi lockdown time goes by in a different rate. It's slower, but yet your days can go by quick, which is weird. Um, I don't yeah, know. like today, man, it's been rainy, and I, I didn't even do much. I, you know, I made some food, and I was puttering around, and here it is. It's already like 5.30, and I'm like, how the hell did it get to be 5.30? Like, uh, like I don't get it. <laughs> it just disappeared. Yeah, I, I've been I've been staying up late working on stuff, and then I gotta admit, sometimes binge watching things. I was binge watching Mankind on Amazon Prime last night, and uh, that's that's a pretty good docu series. Oh, I don't uh, know that one. I'll send you the link for Mankind. it. It's it's pretty awesome. Um, but I, I, I next thing you know, like I'm look I look at the clock and or at my phone, and it's uh it's three o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, holy shit, it's late. Oh and yeah. Then I yeah. get up like. But then- then how late do you sleep? Oh my God. So sometimes I'll get up at nine, but then sometimes I'll get up at 11. And then my chihuahua likes to jump on the bed and like pounce on my head and face in the morning. <laughs> up and uh, yep. That's something else. But um, yeah, I go on walks and uh, c- I cook. Uh, we watch stuff. Yeah, that's TV. like exactly what I've been doing. Same thing. A lot of walks. And mm-hmm. binge watching. I binge watch. I think I told you this. This thing, Siren. It's kind of this hokey. Uh, t- takes place in Seattle, and it's. It almost seems like you know the people that did Twilight series or something, because they're like these killer mermaids when they're in the water. They're like these vicious killer mermaids, and then when they're on land, they're like these weird docile alien girls. And uh, they're these people that this young. A uh, couple work at this like um, it's like a marine biology center, and somehow they stumble. This one girl stumbles in, and they befriend her. They get to know her, and so the, I got sucked into it because, of course, all the episodes are kind of like you know the whole personality of these mermaids, like their whole like where are they from and why are they here. Like it all starts unfolding, but of course it ends right when you want to like. So I just started like buying more episodes one night on. Amazon because it's a brand new uh, oh, thing. Right. I had to pay whatever. So I spent like 12 bucks and I just watched like four or five episodes all like all night long. It was so funny. It's easy to do. Do you snack whenever you watch it or you just, just dry watch? No, I'm 
usually no i'm in bed man because my place is i got a little house that i rent and it's nice it's just got a um propane stove but it's even though it's not that cold anymore it still feels a little chilly at night so i'm usually just on the laptop under my covers just watching movies and stuff. Uh, i got you yeah that's so, and then i fall asleep usually that's my downfall i'll uh i'll get snacky uh, you know and uh, i've i've been better at it uh but i'll make like a cheese quesadilla and dress it up with like jalapenos and <laughs> sauce and uh or i'll make uh what about your lady oh she's gotten used to it she's on she's maintained a very healthy and pretty strict diet um which is something yeah she's put out there for me to join her in and uh as stubborn as i i don't know why my mindset's like this but uh i know that it's good for me and it's healthy but I'll, i'm like no i'm gonna just i'm gonna do my thing and I, I, then I regret it later. Is she into, what's that thing? Noom? Oh. Have you heard about that? N-O-O-M. No, she doesn't do that. I, I think that she, she was doing some type of like uh, personal trainer stuff online when we were in Cape Cod, but uh, she, she hasn't done the Noom thing. I keep seeing ads for it. I mean, I've been like trekking in when I go on these walks, I've been trekking in like anywhere from seven to 10 mile walks. You know, and the next thing wow. you know, like I have Holy like twenty thousand steps, or like there's a track, a pretty isolated, empty track that's that's kind of close by, about a half a mile, and uh, I'll go there and like I listen to a um, audio book, and um, I looked at my my health part on my app on my phone, and it said that I had already walked yeah. eight miles, and I lost track of like I lost count of how many laps I was doing. I was just going in circles listening to this dude's like wow book stuff and i'm sweaty but i'm not like i'm not hurting and then <clears throat> i just get lost right. in thought and then uh get those endorphins yeah. rushing rushing in my head and all this stuff and then i when i get back i walk back to the house i'm spent it starts sinking in and then uh i feel like i'm just like oh, oh yeah man, wiped out man i did the same thing with my buddy in the hell towns where he lives uh way up in this place worthington and we walked and I was getting nervous because we were walking really far and I'm like, man, we're going to have to go back at some point. And it turned out to be like a seven and a half mile walk and it was good. But I was like, yeah, oh. I haven't done that. That's not like my normal. My normal is maybe three to five miles, seven and a half. I was like, wow, this is, this is a long walk. <laughs> yeah. Those long walks, even like flat lane, it's pretty flat here. There's a, the walk I do is to, um, it's to, it's, there's a couple of grocery stores, but I take these back ways and go through the park and there's trails and there's usually nobody there. And, uh, yeah. through a school and all this stuff. And you, it just doesn't seem like a very long walk until you get back. And then you look on your, your mileage and it's like, Holy shit, I've done like eight miles. That's crazy. Um, but I, I was thinking, well, like, you're a pretty tall guy. You got long legs, I think. So you can like handle it. I noticed people have taller, longer legs. You're better at, you know, you can walk and keep up a pace and not seem to get as tired. I definitely, my legs are shorter and I definitely feel it when I'm doing long walks. <laughs> you're doing double, <laughs> double the amount. So really eight miles is 16 miles, man. Should be at least. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like you're, you're double. That's right. Um, yeah, man. Maybe one of these days. I I have like, I guess whenever when the stuff um, starts letting loose a little bit, whenever that is, and then you figure out all your tour stuff. Um, be good to get you down here and go down to Marfa and go to Big Bend. 
there's a there's a summit a peak out there yeah. that's high it's uh if you start it before noon um you can get up to the top by like two or three and like if you start at like 10 uh-huh. and then uh it's like seven thousand feet and you're at the top and you're like holy shit this is amazing 360 view mexico Chisos mountains and then you make it back down for dinner. Oh my god, that's um, amazing! It would be a lot of fun. Yeah, and there's a lot of kayaking, but there's mountain lions and bears in that place too. So that's that's another thing to to think about. But they usually don't mess with anybody. Um, <laughs> but I, I think you could do it. You, I know you, you put like, uh, dude, you got to put a bell around your neck or something <laughs> to keep them. To know, like, you know, so they know you're coming. I'll just take a a machete or a knife. Just take them on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right um wrestle yeah wrestle a bit no those bears are big i've seen them and they're they're pretty huge and i've seen the mountain lions there and they're not it's i mean yeah i'm more scared of mountain lions than bears for sure because bears i think you know that i've heard most bears are more scared of people but mountain lions you know it all depends like if they're hungry they're hungry man then you're just like more prey for them they don't care yeah and you can't really do much I don't care how much of a badass anybody thinks they are. Like you're up against a 200, 300 pound mountain lion. That's it's it. It's over for you unless you have a gun. And even then sometimes that just pisses them off. You can't do the crocodile Dundee thing where you just hold your fingers and go with your eye and the thing just kind of slowly goes to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking awesome. Yeah. Joe's do. learned some serious skills. Yeah. <laughs> You've learned some skills out there in the wild. <laughs> I would use that in the in the regular world, man. Shit. That's like having the force. Um, yeah, right. Use it on people. Yeah, use it on people. That just <laughs> that would be that would be funny, man. Um Yeah, it's such a weird time <laughs> with the whole music thing because like I felt really disconnected. I mean we're such a weird band. Like the three of us haven't really talked at all. I haven't talked to Jay once. Um, I Lou, I talked to one time, you know, I just tried texting him today and every time I do, it's always just like, Oh dude, I'm 24 seven with the kids. I got no time. Like, you know, yeah. he's, he's kicking me right now. And even we can't even like tax. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it always sounds like really intense with him and the kids. And so as a result, like, it's so weird that we haven't really talked to each other. And, you know, we have like everyone else, we're kind of putting everything on hold till, yeah whenever july august september whenever this thing seems to clear up but nobody seems to know like really what's going to happen and it's just it's a very strange uh thing you know not knowing you know your future especially when you do it for a living and you and you make money on it uh it's like a really weird thing (laughs) i bet i mean a lot of everyone's just a lot of people are filing you know for the uh impact relief stuff and the covid payments and unemployment in general that and the small business loans yeah yeah i mean the small the, business loans hopefully are keeping some people afloat yeah how are they going to like uh regulate getting back to normal what's going to be normal you know like what what can you do i mean well that's the thing what will the new normal because it's not just going to be like a light switch where you flick it on and everything just goes back to normal it's going to be trickling in some businesses mm-hmm. will open some won't depending on you know necessity and 
it's, it'll just be weird. I mean, the stimulus thing is good. You know, my buddy who worked in finance for years said, ah, they'll just print more money. Like it'll be fine. <laughs> and cause yeah. I think it's, you know, they need to do this. Cause I think there's also that fear that there could be like mayhem and looting and people just start freaking out. So they got to kind of like help people out. So they're not like, you know, freaking out and like turning. <laughs> yeah. Or doing, yeah, exactly. It's crazy. I stopped to visit a friend in Santa Barbara like a year and a half ago and, um, I was on my way to San Francisco and he was staying with the buddy that lived up on the, on the hill or mountain on the side of the mountain. So we had to drive up a little ways to get up there. And they told me that, um, that landslide that happened out there took out the grid. So there was no electricity or water and he said after day one, oh. the second day, people were already starting to break into people's houses and fuck shit up and like steal food and, and like That's hurt, scary, hurt people, man. you know, I mean, they, think about it. We depend. Oh my God. If we didn't, I mean, like, look at right now, there's those massive, uh, hurricane that just wiped out like Alabama, Mississippi in the middle of this pandemic. What a drag that would be. Cause yeah. you can't go. You know, normally they'd open a center and a gymnasium or something, but because of the whole self-isolation, you can't do that. You can't have all these people gathered in a space. So I felt really bad watching the news footage. I was like, what are these people going to do? It's just, it's really just scary. Yeah, it's, pre it's pretty I bad. I feel so lucky here in Western Mass. Yeah. Well, it's a lot drier yeah, up there too. Yeah. We don't really have hurricanes, mm -hmm. but would you know no. knock, knock roofs off houses and you know that kind of stuff here we don't have a lot of natural disasters we're pretty lucky well you know this was another crazy thing uh, my girlfriend and i were having lunch at a restaurant and a two tornadoes touched down like right outside and ripped the wow. off of uh this hotel right down the street it was in harwich harwich port and uh wow i I mean, it takes, it took us usually like five minutes to get from the house to the restaurant. It took us almost three hours mm. to get back from the restaurant to the house because of all the trees and all the shit oh my God. like torn up. It was, it was insane. And yeah. power was once again, knocked out. I'm not trying to scare anybody. It's just like, fuck, you know, you never know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm praying for the, uh, for the best outcome, which I'm sure, you know, it'll happen. I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so you've been going for bike rides. Did you go? Did you go on a bike ride with Maloney yesterday? No, I actually don't have a mountain bike. I have my motorbike, a motorcycle that I ride. Oh, that's right, um, dude. Nice out. Yeah, so I do that. Uh, kind of the solo thing. I just kind yeah. of go explore. That we have so many great back roads. But I want to get a mountain bike. I actually went to the bike shop when I was on my motorbike. I went by this uh, bike shop that has a lot of really cool used bikes and. Mm. Uh, Unfortunately, I think they're just fixing bikes. Like they had a curbside thing and it didn't look like you could actually go inside and like look around at the bikes. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, when I can get like a, a basic mountain bike and start riding because these guys are all like avid riders now, you know, like Jay and Maloney, our other buddy, John Fettler, they're all uh -huh. like, you know, bike a lot, you know, 10, 20, 40 miles a day or whatever. So that's a lot you know, of I gotta mileage. Got to get in the game. Yeah, yeah these guys are like hardcore. Yeah, I, Jay was pulling me around Provincetown, P-Town for that one video. Yeah, and, I uh, saw that. I saw those pictures. Were it awesome. was pretty. It was fun. great. I should send you the video of that stuff. I have it on my phone somewhere. The, the actual yeah. footage. It's so funny. It. Now we're now, now we're recording. Like the other nights, 
like it was so animated. I'm like, oh man, we should have been recording that. I like, know. That sounded like a lot more fun. But now it's, it's kind of like it's the afternoon. The it's it's been raining, so I'm like I'm like oh, it's kind of like I'm ready for a nap. And I'm all like, sitting on my couch. It's like dark out and gray. Yeah. <laughs> when does it start getting a little warmer up there? It's like usually in May, right? Yeah, well, April now and May, yeah, is when it gets, starts getting really warm. Like, we're, it's kind of surprising. Well, I guess it's still early April. Yeah, by the end of April, we should be seeing, like, 70-degree days and stuff. Wow, that'd for be sure. nice. That'll be really nice. Um, yeah. Um, this winter, it's funny. This winter wasn't, like, a long winter, but it, I mean, it wasn't a brutal winter. It just felt long, like a really long kind of slow winter and even this the last couple months it's not been like super cold but we've just had a lot of rain like just yeah. a lot of rain it's weird what started dumping there in october when i got there it was already yeah but we only had like three or four little dumps of snow and mm. that was it so it wasn't really that bad a winter yeah. um, we've had other winters where it's been like way worse i wonder if it's climate so. change maybe it's climate change well that's the only cool thing about this whole pandemic is how like LA's had like the lowest pollution and you know the dolphins were swimming in Venice in the canals mm -hmm. and the water's like really blue and, and yeah, I was thinking you know that should kind of like open people's eyes up that climate change happens and it's real I mean just within a few weeks to clear all that stuff up or a month that's pretty amazing that you know just taking a month off of, of pollution and technology like how much the environment is already bouncing back that's kind of like amazing yeah it's made me yeah. rethink my uh my transportation modes you know i've uh i've always liked the you're gonna just start course. biking across the country oh my god i'd be in so much shape some of those dudes <laughs> and women uh do that pan-american from the very tip top of alaska all the way to the tip of south america that's oh insane. my god that's how long does that take that takes that's them six insane. i think it's like six months or something uh something crazy wow. because they have to break it up they, they have like a, and see, this is how crazy my mind is. I'm thinking like, how do I do that? You know, what's the, what's the easiest way for me to They do must that? be sponsored. Cause dude, oh, who, totally. yeah. who can take six months of their life out to just go do that? Like, yeah, no, like they, most people that can't like take six months of their life to go, you know, to go no, do that. They, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. They, they have sponsors. Like there's this one guy on, we have the same sponsor, but he's like way up there. He's this, um, this motorcyclist guy, I'll send you the link to it. Actually. I think it's still there. Cause I think he has his uh, oh, cool. video and diary. He did it on a uh, enduro bike. And when he got his oh, yeah. first 500 miles from the top of Alaska, his chain broke and he realized cause the bike was brand new. He wasn't expecting that to happen. And he's like, fuck, I don't have an extra chain. And so he had to walk miles and miles and miles till somebody found him on the road uh, by because you know nobody out there and they took him to the nearest town which was a few miles a few few hours away he had to order that chain part and it took a week for him to come in they had to figure out a way to get back to his motorcycle and then put it back on out there and then do it again you know and he was at the very beginning of this trek but uh i actually have a friend who did it who runs this coffee shop if you ever get down to marfa i'll introduce you to him his uh, name is brian and he has a he has this coffee shop. He used to work for, for NASA. He's a rocket engineer, and uh, he did. Uh, oh, he he used to build those uh, Baja racer cars. They're uh, those rally cars. They're like 
compact cars, mm-hmm. but they they haul ass in the dirt. And oh yeah, yeah. He did. He I designed, know exactly what you're talking. About. Yeah, well, he drove those and designed like some special thing for them, and then NASA hired him because they, they he, what he did was like you know groundbreaking or whatever. And then um, he worked for NASA, and I think he did some stuff for SpaceX for a little bit. Then he finally got he was done with everything, and he moved all of his shit to Marfa, and he opened up a bike shop slash coffee shop slash climbing gear store outdoor thing. And oh, uh, nice. he makes like wow. these badass, like I shit you not, these badass uh, waffles that are like amazing. And he puts stuff on them and it's like nuts. <laughs> it's a waffle you'll never oh, nice. have ever again. And this cold brew coffee. I mean, you know, he's a rocket yeah. engineer scientist, dude. So he gets, he's a perfectionist. And, uh, but yeah. he, did the, he did the trek in a truck, a four by four. And um, he said the only time that he had to, get off off of the road was there was a part in Panama that connects to Colombia and it's impassable. And there's only been a few vehicles that are, were able to do it. And it was, it just happened to be in the right time of the year for them to do it then. But you have to put your vehicle on a ferry uh, boat and go through this, uh, these fjords uh, and, uh, yeah. it, you know, and hang out yeah. on this ferry for a couple of days. And, uh, that was it. Then he made it all the way down to the tip and then, uh, he flew back and that was it. But, uh, yeah, you should do that. That's wild, man. Why did you decide on Marpa? Why Marpa? I have no idea. Why do you want to go to Marpa to set it? I, I don't know. He, he it lived, sounds pretty remote out there, dude. It's super remote. It's I mean, remote they've Marpa. been, you know, people have been yeah. running out of toilet paper and shit in the grocery stores out here. That's what Marpa's like every yeah. day out there. Like, sometimes you'll go yeah. to the grocery store and yeah. there's no eggs or there's no this and no that because it's so far <laughs> out there. So they're kind of used to it, but they did have an influx of a lot of people going out there to escape the big cities. And they were telling these tourists, like, get the fuck oh, out. Oh, they did? Like, okay. Yeah, they were like, man, we can't hold yeah. sustain you here. You have to leave. Like, there's nothing here for you. Like, we can't. Um, but yeah, I don't uh-huh. know why he moved down there. Um, he was living in Colorado. He lived in New York. He's part of the old punk scene. And, uh, you know, he's probably a couple of years older than I am. Yeah, just a good dude. And he does a he does a bunch. I'm probably not naming off a bunch of shit, but like he's working on building up his machine shop because he's gonna start um fabricating things and like doing cool things. And well, when you go with me to Marfa, you'll meet him. And we'll probably end up staying oh, over yeah. his place totally. too. Because it's a it's a cool spot. And um he's got all these bikes that we can just take and just go ride around. There's this one road that goes into this canyon and you just take a, a bike, a cycle bike, a road bike or a mountain bike. And it's, it's a, it's an epic thing, man. I'll catch the sunset out there. It's, it's, it's pretty. I cool. mean, I've seen the, some pictures and I checked out the website and it just looks like a really cool, looks kind of definitely like a magical kind of place for oh, sure. Hell yeah, man. You'll yeah. love it. Dude. You'll totally love it. Like my low energy time. I'm you, Mornings are good. Cause I'm like getting wired on coffee and I'm yeah. bopping around or like late later, like around nine, I always get a second win and I'm like up again, like bopping around. Cause I think I'm so used to playing gigs, you know, at night yeah. that I just, my body starts waking up preparing, you know, around nine or whatever. Like, okay, gotta get ready. <clears throat> and so it's just so funny that, you know, I'm realizing like so much of my life, my cadence is really like dependent, you know, it's, it's kind of been like, dependent on my like touring schedule and it's kind of defined so much of my uh just my habits and my lifestyle which are it's cool but it's 
so like not in sync with the rest of the world yeah. in a way. And it's just kind of weird how my normal is like not what most, you know, most people's normal are like nine to five, get up, whatever you got your kids. Yeah. And uh, that's just like not my normal. It never has been, even when I was young, you know. And now it's not your normal normal so because fun. even that's kind of just put on the side a little bit. The things that you were doing, like going to go track demos and do all this stuff and record and get ready for tour. And I had a good time uh, filming you guys for those days um, when Kurt was there and everybody, John was up there and uh, John Maloney. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of an unheard of thing to have extra people up there during that process. If you're not going to be engineering or producing anything or playing an instrument, you know? Yeah. We don't usually have people hang and we've never had anyone come and produce, like having Kurt hang out and try to uh, just, you know, listen and mm -hmm. put in some whatever is two cents. Like that's a whole new thing. We've just never done. I'm working on John Sunberg documentary. Uh, we shot some stuff. So maybe next time I'm up there, we can shoot some more and uh, do like a short doc, not full feature length style, but maybe show it there. That might be kind of cool. Um, mm, I, I got yeah. to hang out with them in LA recently. Uh, I was there at the same time and uh, they did a residency. Oh, so I, went Good, I forgot it. you were there. How did, how was that? What it was, was awesome. Scene like at that place, I went both nights and, uh, it was a lot of people. It was awesome, man. They were, I'd never seen them perform live. I've just listened to the recordings and was just, holy shit, they're all over the place and it's awesome. But seeing yeah. them perform live was a whole different ball game. It was badass. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad I, I mm -hmm. went. I mean, there was other people filming, but then also uh, Sarah was doing uh, visuals too. She So like her and John had recorded some stuff or got some things, some stock footage off of the internet and compiled like this, like these little short pieces that they would play behind the band that were pretty awesome. There was like this one, like a long montage of like, really sketchy airplane landings and it was uh, oh wow <laughs> it was pretty cool man um but yeah I, that was really awesome that uh they got to do that and uh i think he's also talking about one yeah i wish i had been able to get out to la for that i really it would have oh, been yeah. cool to go see it it sounded yeah. amazing this was cool because we were just talking i honestly like forgot we were recording for most of this i just forgot and i've just been sitting here like eating cookies watching oh. the TV <laughs> <laughs> well, well murph actually you're recording and then that's you said the, that and i'm like oh right okay well that's that's the thing <laughs> that's the way i want this podcast to go because i don't want it to be set certain you know like you get interviewed and it's like so when did you and dinosaur jr get to when did you guys meet what was it like well, this and that you know it's the same questions and you do interviews, but you don't do a lot of them. And you know, this kind of gives yeah. people it's like, we're all, we're all really brothers from the same family. Nobody <laughs> knows it. We're like these weird mutant brothers. Our, our parents were scientists, man. It's like a weird story. I can't get into. <laughs> There's that one. Uh, I think it was like, we went, eventually we just went and had pizza, but cause we, what, Mimo's, is that the place that we go to? Is they got those big ass slices that you have to cut in half? Oh yeah. The big slices, the big yeah. late, yeah. The big late night slices you have Dude, to cut in half. Those fuck my stomach up, but it's They're so huge. good. They're big. Uh, but we did go to <laughs> that. It always screws my stomach up. Well, we went to that one spot before and uh, some dude, like took your parking spot and uh 
he was being an asshole. <laughs> and then like, we were like, man, what the yeah. fuck is up with this guy? And then I think one of us was going to roll the window down and be like, what's up, dude? Like, why can't you move your car? But then, uh, he parked yeah. and went up and met, I guess he was on a date. And, uh, <laughs> oh, that's and, right. I got food to go from Bella. Yeah. And the guys it. were like, you know, you can move you forward or you can. And, but he had like a lot more room than I did. And we were both kind of like, why is he telling me to move when he's like got a whole open space in front of him? Yeah. Cause I was trying to park in a space in back and it was weird. Cause he obviously, yeah, we thought he seemed like in a hurry to, ru you know, to rush into some like Tinder date or something because he just kind of went in and it, it seemed like he was rushed and you know, whatever. Well, he'd met a woman. I forgot there. about they, that. They, they hug, but then uh, on the way out of there, I remember you telling me a story <laughs> about um, a girl that you dated, and y'all lived in this one apartment because you gave me a tour of the city and or the town, and uh, and you were talking about her dad being like ex-military. Oh, Susie like that. Smith, and her dad was like this ex-Air Force guy. Yeah, what did he call you? That, he called you story, he potato head he or something. Me Spud. Spud. He'd be like, hey. Spud and I'd be like, I was like, why do you call me Spud? And you'd be like, because you're like Spud McKenzie. You don't really say much. And I was like thinking at the time, well, I don't say much because you're kind of a dick. Like there's not a lot to say to you because he's just kind of this like ex fucking Air Force Marine dude, you know, real like still had the buzz cut and the whole deal. And yeah, we just totally didn't. We were like, so, you know, because I was totally a hippie punk. This was back when I was. 20 whatever 26 mm -hmm. or something so i was definitely way more of like a hippie punk and i had the long hair and you know just it, just, it this was a girl i met because i used to deliver pizza in the early dino days you know mm -hmm. and i was really into it we'd always we'd always delivered it to these two amherst college and hampshire college and hampshire was the cool way out school where we kind of helped it. we got our start and started playing in mod 80. And then we met, you know, a bunch of people that we still keep up with. You know, we met the guys who went on to uh, play in the Supreme dicks and they're all in LA. We still see those guys when we go over there today. Nice. But so through that job, I would, I actually dated a couple like serious girlfriends that I met through the pizza gig at Hampshire college. There was like a couple of girls that I dated for, you know, like a good year or something. This one girl, we actually lived together in Northampton and she, I liked her because she had this like huge mohawk, like, like Wadi from the exploited. Yeah. And it was like dyed like crazy colors. And, um, she was the only girl on campus who had this massive mohawk, this white chick. And I just thought, Oh, it looked cool. You know? So I don't know. We just, we, we always like stay up late. I would go there like after my shift at like two in the morning and we would just sit in my car and smoke cigarettes until like the sun came up, you know? And that's how we started. We met, we just started talking and it was so funny. And then we started dating and then, you know, it was cool until I had to go meet her parents. And then I just like was not into it at all. I just saw we had like nothing in common at all. <laughs> the good old you, still, you still keep in contact with her? No, I haven't. No, I haven't seen her for years. Yeah, I guess that's the good thing. See, this is why people are like, every time people hear a story, they're like, oh, you should get on Facebook because you could probably like find her. I don't think I really want to be in contact. I mean, I wish her well and it's really great, but that was, I was 26 and I don't really, yeah. I don't really need to know like who, I mean, yeah, maybe it would be kind of curious to see where she is and she's probably married with kids or something, but 
I guess, yeah, but I'm not like compelled to do it. Like, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta go look up Susie Smith. I gotta do this. For yeah. all I know, she might be listening to your podcast, man. Maybe she might punk rocker, and she's yeah. into the scene. I mean, it's, it's gonna, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and watch, I'll get a call from your text. You're like, dude, we reconnected. <laughs> it was amazing she showed up like the next week at my doorstep and wouldn't leave yeah it's been awesome we're we're quarantined together and it's so awesome i love it we're doing a virtual marriage (laughs) we're getting virtual married we're quarantined at the we're quarantined at the hip we're quarantined at the hip (laughs) she still has that mohawk (laughs) that's right but now it's gray. She yeah. doesn't dye it anymore. She just lets it go natural. It's just gray. Yeah. She's wiser. <laughs> gray mohawk. That would be weird. Yeah, I guess it's probably been done, I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it'd be pretty cool. You talk to like the younger generation, like if you talk to anyone in their twenties mm-hmm. and you say something like, Oh, you gotta download an app, you gotta like create an account, they just look at you like like to them it, to them it's like breathing. They're just like yeah like what you don't want to breathe oxygen in like why not like they don't even it's just like second nature they're just like yeah well like why wouldn't you do that like who who even thinks about that like why would you even think about downloading an app and <laughs> creating an account they're just like that's like breathing in and breathing out like why would you think that and they just look at you like you're from like mars so oh, funny. totally I, I get that every once in a while about stuff i uh I'll I'll, uh, I'll date myself sometimes when I make comments or ask questions about things that I can't figure out on my own, which is pretty funny. But um, hey, Joe, when you get really huge, you can have people just like mailing questions, you know, like texting, email questions, and or whatever post questions. So you can like be like, so people want to know <laughs> when you get like when you have ten million followers and everyone's like waiting for the next word, like what you're gonna say. You can we'll totally post do questions. that. We'll totally do that. I'll have a list of questions. I can get one yeah. if you want. I'll, I'll get one from some of your fans that I know that are like diehard junior fans and they're drummers too. I'll, I'll uh, nice. I'll scrounge some questions from them. And uh, you, you should get some one. from random people that just don't even like know us. Be like, so I have this band, <laughs> but you know, you don't know them. You don't. You probably don't know the music. But what would you ask? if you did and see what they would come up with that would be kind of interesting yeah they're like are they into apps <laughs> yeah do they like social media yeah <laughs> are, they into apps? are you into apps <laughs> are you into apps what are your favorite apps i've been asked yeah. that before Somebody's what are your favorite me. apps yeah what apps do you download there's definitely a generation of people who like that's what they talk about that's Um, their thing like oh my god like i love this app because you could do this this and this with it yeah god you remember the old days of just writing letters getting a catalog taking your time yeah i I miss that i miss you know or like hearing a song somewhere and then going to your local record store and trying to get it and if you had somebody cool that worked at the record store they would they would go out of their way to find that record or maybe, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just a, it's still there, but it's a not, it's not as much anymore. I, you know, it's funny, like right down the road is a uh, Greg Yen's place, uh, SST. There's like, if you look through the window, you can see boxes that have like stickers on it. I mean, you can't, it's a fortress. There's no way you can break into that fucking place. It's like an old. You mean his house? 
Yeah, he's got a couple of spots yeah. out here. Uh, the place that he's at, my cousins took me there. So we went on a bike ride and they were like, hey, you want to go see SST Records? And I was like, sure. And so they took me over there and uh, it was it's a big two or three story building. It's an old Model T factory floor or showroom floor building from back then. And, uh, you know, it's just big, thick brick in a, in, in metal building. And uh, you can see like the SST stuff kind of uh, in, in the, you know, further in, you know, if you look, if you look hard enough, but <laughs> records that he like hasn't given back to people that still want him. it. Probably <laughs> so. Yeah. There's still two versions of black flag. Uh, one with Keith Moore. And then the other and with, we Kowski. saw the Dez. We saw the Dez, Bill Stevenson, Keith Morris one in, yeah. uh, it was a festival. I can't remember if we were on the West Coast somewhere mm-hmm. or even in Europe. I can't remember. We were playing. It was a while back, but it was so good, man. We watched from the side stage and they played like all the hits, everything. And it was just, it was like really, it was just amazing. It was like on fire. It was so good. It was like seeing him back in the day. It was pretty amazing. Yeah. I don't know how Gin's thing would compare to this because this was pretty, I mean, to me, you gotta have the original, like especially with that stuff. Like Bill yeah. Stevenson was such a big part of their drumming and their sound, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, Gin, yeah, was like a really big part of their guitar playing for sure. He was a big part of that sound, but I think they focused on a lot of the early stuff with Des anyway that yeah. he sang on. So it just sounded pretty natural. Uh, the lineup they had, you know, I wonder if Rollin cool. would ever come back and do some guests guest uh no way vocals we asked him about that and he was just like no he was just like he's like man he's like i much more enjoy just being you know uh interviewing bands you know being being like a music fan a musicologist a music historian Mm -hmm. he's like i completely like traded in hats he's like i have no desire to go back he's like not gonna happen and he was always really adamant about that he was just like not moved on i'm good i wish those guys well but he was like nah not gonna happen you know we did that whole 25th year reunion at bowery ballroom in new york like a while back it's been uh geez like six years now or whatever seven years something like that and um so henry got on stage we couldn't believe because he said for years i'll never get on stage with anybody not just black flag he was just like anybody he's like i don't go on stage he's like the only time i go on stage is to do my spoken word thing he's like i don't jane i don't do band singer he's like i don't do that mm-hmm. and we convinced them to go and do why don't you like man i was just like so far away because he's just so charismatic on stage, man. I remember he was there and you know, he's singing and he's got his freaking like foot, you know, by, like touching, like lean by my bass drum. And he's doing <laughs> it like rolling, like crazy, like rocking back and forth. And I was just, yeah. like, it was, it just really like, like gave me a lot of energy. Yeah, I was just like playing and I was just like, this is so fucking cool, man, to be playing on stage with Rollins. He definitely had like a huge force of nature. I mean, I think so. Maybe other people would disagree, oh. but I sure thought. No, I saw I him. It was like larger than life. I saw Rollins Band in '92 in Houston, Texas, and uh, that band Tool, before they were a known band, opened for them, and uh, oh, wow. it had that song on 120 Minutes that you know became pretty popular, uh, "Liar," and um, yeah, that was you like. Are a liar. 
Oh my God. That band was fucking awesome, man. Uh, I was blown away by seeing Rollins play live like that, man. That I least crazy. love Rollins because he had the drummer and the bass player, these two like muso guys from like New Jersey that were total, like they were like Berkeley guys. They could play like all that crazy, oh. like, you know, change time, poly rhythm mm-hmm. stuff. And he, what was that other song you had? Like, I've been like tuned out. Like, I've been tuned out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were two hits awesome. that they used to play all the time. I just remember there being a big rug on this. Uh, and you guys played there back in the early 90s too. It was called the Vatican in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had a big rug. He, was, he played barefoot in these little black booty shorts with all his tattoos and you and he know, had the huge sun tattoo. Oh God. Back, yeah. Dude. Massive sun tattoo. In the and he was wild. To a to a sixteen year old kid, you know, I'm sitting there in the crowd and I'm just like looking, and the dude just looks fucking like you do not mess with him. This was before MMA was a thing, you know. This guy looked like he could just he just yeah. got out of prison and can just rip you apart, and he sang like yeah. that on stage, and it was like, man, I wish I could have had the opportunity to see him sing in Black Flag. That would have been badass, you know. Um, but we we I saw Black Flag and like dude in ninety they played UMass here at like Campus Center or something which is mm-hmm. a pretty small room and I remember I went in to go like slam dance mosh and my <laughs> T-shirt when I left the show my T-shirt was just like ripped to shreds it was just like awesome the whole thing was just like literally ripped to shreds and I was like and that was like the one the one big Black Flag show I went to and I'm like well at least I got in there and my T-shirts ripped thing. to shreds. So yeah, I, dude. I put in my all. I was like, "Yeah, this is great." <laughs> yeah, buddy of mine lost a shoe in that show in the pit, and uh, well, for <laughs> Rollins' band, he just got, bought some brand new Vision Streetwear Creepers, and he lost one. Couldn't find it. It was the end of that. We had to drive back to the small town we lived at, sixty, seventy miles uh, away. But um, yeah, man, how cool would that be to do like go across the country and do like a living room? type deal or go to guitar centers or go to specific places where people well, set dude, up. I've had a couple ideas that there, a couple ideas would be cool is we could do, um, we could do like a drum workshop thing, mm-hmm. but also at night it would be cool to either go to someone's like a recording studio or yeah. a venue. Yeah. And we have oh, like totally. basically like an open mic where like a few people sign up, like jam with me and we just like, wing it and do some cool jams and see what happens that might be you know i can definitely 100 percent get you in austin to do one at the mohawk and my buddy who's the gm there now we used to be in a band together for a couple years and we're we're really good friends and we help you we support each other's like endeavor creative endeavors and stuff and um he would be stoked to have you at the mohawk and do something like that you know lou when i went on the lou tours i got a bunch of numbers like five different people and they were like dude anytime you want to do the same thing we have a basement yeah if you want to just do it like you know drums and guitar Mm -hmm. whatever you want to have a little jam like we totally would love to have you back to do the same thing lou did but do it for my my uh living room thing and people loved it they loved the idea of of coming back Dude, it'd be For awesome, sure. man. Uh, you can do one here in Taylor. I can set it up in Houston. Like Texas would be covered easily, and I'm sure oh, yeah. other other states would be pretty easy to do too. You know, we could easily do L.A. and New Mexico and Arizona. Cause I know, dude, I, you I should. Think, I don't know if Marpa would be into this. Oh, they totally organizing like 
You yeah. should start organizing like a weird festival in Marva that you start and it just gets like bigger, bigger every year. It could be like the new Burning Man, but they'd probably hate that. Oh, they, they hate that shit. Big, they like the know? smaller stuff, yeah. but because um, I know they were fighting yeah. three on them coming out there because they're they're not set up with their infrastructure to be able to take on thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Like it would, yeah. be, be, it would crazy. be a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, but I I think easily like a a smaller festival would definitely be like with just some freaky shit and some cool stuff would be yeah. really awesome. Uh, my friend Jason McHenry that. Uh, I did that artist residency with in Marfa a couple months ago for a month. He, um, he's told me like, if he's like, I know, you know, a lot of really cool people. Like, so if you have anybody interested in wanting to do something and they, he was in the process of making an outdoor stage, like a legit one and, uh, with full PA soundboard and all that stuff. So, and he has an inside place. That would be an easy thing for you to do. Like we just have to plan it out where we hit Austin and then go to Marfa, you know, or maybe do Austin, Marfa, San Antonio, El Paso. You know, mm -hmm. could do a whole Southwest thing, man. Could be cool. Oh, there's all kinds of there's all kinds dude. of stuff, dude. Sure. But I think I think filming that one would be a shoe in to be able to show people like, hey, this is what it would be like, and then boom, they visually yeah. be and 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 like be able to hear it and see it. It was awesome, dude. I was psyched. Yeah. Oh yeah, me too, man. Thanks a lot, and uh, I'll be talking cool, to you soon. And uh, stay safe and stay healthy. And I'll send you the taco ingredient yeah. recipe stuff too. Awesome. All right. See ya. All right. Bye. See ya. Bye. And there you have it, everybody. That was Murph. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And uh, stay safe out there. Stay healthy. And uh, stay fed. We'll get through this, everybody. All right. Until next time. This is Voices Everywhere. I'm out. And there were voices everywhere. There were voices everywhere. There were voices everywhere. There were voices everywhere.